Welcome to Manna for Breakfast, the daily Bible reading devotional which chronologically takes you through the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation in one year. Grab a cup of coffee and your Bible and join us as we journey together through God's Word. Good morning, everyone. We're reading through the Word together, Genesis 7, 8, and 9, and Matthew 3. So, Father, we thank you for this morning. I ask you to bless this time and uh, to continue to reveal your truths to us, God, as we move into this new year. And we are looking to you, God, to be our strength and our shield in all things that are coming, but more than anything, our peace that surpasses understanding. In Jesus' name, amen. So we are in Genesis uh, 7, exciting chapter. Noah and the Ark, one of the most famous of all the stories in the Bible. So it begins, Then the Lord said to Noah, Enter the Ark, you and all your household, for you alone I have seen to be righteous before me in this time. You shall take with you every clean animal by sevens, a male and his female, and of the animals that are not clean too, male and his female, also of the birds of the sky by sevens, male and female, to keep offspring alive on the surface of all the earth. For after seven more days, I will send rain on the earth 40 days and 40 nights, and I will blot out from the face of the land every living thing I have made. Noah did according to all the Lord had commanded him. Now, Noah was 600 years old when the floodwaters came upon the earth. Then Noah and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with him entered the ark because of the water of the flood. Of clean animals and animals that are not clean and birds and everything that creeps on the ground, there went into the ark to Noah by twos, male and female, as God had commanded Noah. It came about after the seven days that the water of the flood came upon the earth. In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month of the 17th day of the month, on the same day, all the fountains of the great deep burst open and the floodgates of the sky were opened. The rain fell upon the earth for 40 days and 40 nights. On the very same day, Noah and his Shem and Ham and Japheth, the sons of Noah and Noah's wife, and the three wives of his sons with them, entered the ark. They and every beast after its kind, and all the cattle after their kind, and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth after its kind, and every bird after its kind, all sorts of birds. So they went into the ark to Noah by twos of all flesh, in which was the breath of life. Those that entered, male and female of all flesh, entered as God had commanded him. And the Lord closed it behind him. Then the flood came upon the earth for 40 days, and the water increased and lifted up the ark, so that it rose above the earth. The water prevailed and increased greatly upon the earth, and the ark floated on the surface of the water. The water prevailed more and more upon the earth, so that all the high mountains everywhere under the heavens were covered. The water prevailed 15 cubits higher, and the mountains were covered. All flesh that moved on the earth perished. Birds and cattle and beasts and every swarming thing that swarms upon the earth. And all mankind, of all that was on the dry land, all in whose nostrils was the breath of the spirit of life died. Thus he blotted out every living thing that was upon the face of the land. 
from man to animals to creeping things and to birds of the sky, and they were blotted out from the earth. And only Noah was left together with those that were with him in the ark. The water prevailed upon the earth 150 days. But God remembered Noah and all the beasts and all the cattle that were with him in the ark. And God caused a wind to pass over the earth, and the water subsided also the fountains of the deep, and all the floodgates of the sky were closed. And the rain from the sky was restrained, and the water receded steadily from the earth. And at the end of 150 days, the water decreased. In the seventh month, on the seventeenth day of the month, the ark rested upon the mountains of Ararat. The water decreased steadily until the tenth month. In the tenth month, on the first day of the month, the tops of the mountains became visible. Then it came about at the end of forty days that Noah opened the windows of the ark which he had made, and he sent out a raven, and it flew here and there until the water was dried up from the earth. Then he sent out a dove from him to see if the water was abated from the face of the land. But the dove found no resting place for the sole of her foot. So she returned to him into the ark, for the water was on the surface of all the earth. Then he put out his hand and took her and brought her into the ark to himself. So he waited yet another seven days. And again, he sent out the dove from the ark. The dove came to him toward evening. And behold, in her beak was a freshly picked olive leaf. So Noah knew that the water had abated from the earth. Then he waited yet another seven days and sent out the dove, and she did not return to him again. Now it came about in, in the 600th and first year, in the first month of the first of the month, the water was dried up from the earth. Then Noah removed the covering of the ark and looked, and behold, the surface of the ground was dried up. In the second month, on the 27th day of the month, the earth was dried up. Then God spoke to Noah, saying, Go out of the ark, you and your wife, and your sons and your sons' wives with you. Bring out with you every living thing of all flesh that is with you, birds and animals and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth, that they may breed abundantly on the earth and be fruitful and multiply on the earth. So Noah went out and his sons and his wife and his son's wives with him, every beast, every creeping thing, and every bird, everything that moves on the earth went out by their families from the ark. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord and took of every clean animal and of every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. The Lord smelled the soothing aroma and the Lord said to himself, I will never again curse the ground on account of man for the intent of man's heart is evil from his youth. And I will never again destroy every living thing as I have done while the earth remains seed time and harvest and cold and heat and summer and winter and day and night shall not cease. And God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. The fear of you and the terror of you will be on every beast of the earth and on every bird of the sky with everything that creeps on the ground and all the fish of the sea. Into your hand they are given. Every moving thing that is alive shall be food for you. I give all to you as I gave the green plant. Only you shall not eat flesh with its life. That is its blood. Surely I will require your lifeblood from every beast. I will require it. And from every man, from every man's brother, I will require the life of man. Whoever sheds man's blood, by man his blood shall be shed. 
For in the image of God he made him. As for you, be fruitful and multiply. Populate the earth abundantly and multiply in it. Then God spoke to Noah and to his sons with him, saying, Now, behold, I myself do establish my covenant with you and with your descendants after you, and in every living creature that is with you, the birds, the cattle, and every beast of the earth with you, of all that comes out of the ark, even every beast of the earth. I establish my covenant with you, and all flesh never again be cut off by the water of the flood, neither shall there again be a flood to destroy the earth. God said, This is the sign of the covenant which I am making between me and you and every living creature that is with you for all successive generations. I set my bow in the clouds, and it shall be for a sign of a covenant between me and the earth. It shall come about when I bring a cloud over the earth that the boat will be seen in the clouds, and I will remember my covenant, which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. And never again shall the water become a flood to destroy all flesh. When the bow is in the clouds, then I will look upon it to remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. And God said to Noah, this is the sign of the covenant which I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. Now, the sons of Noah who came out of the ark were Shem and Ham and Japheth, and Ham was the father of Canaan. These three were the sons of Noah, and from these the whole earth was populated. Then Noah began farming and planted a vineyard, And he drank of the wine and became drunk and uncovered himself inside his tent. Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father and told his two brothers outside. But Shem and Japheth took a garment and laid upon both their shoulders and walked backwards and covered the nakedness of their father. And their faces were turned away so that they did not see their father's nakedness. When Noah awoke from his wine, he knew what his youngest son had done to him. So he cursed Canaan, a servant of servants, he shall be to his brothers. He also said, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Shem, and let Canaan be his servants. May God enlarge Japheth, and let him dwell in the tents of Shem, and let Canaan be his servant. Noah lived 350 years after the flood, so all the days of Noah were 950 years, and he died. Genesis 7. So we'll stop there for a minute. There's a a lot to go into there, but let's just uh, keep it to the most simple summing up or or view of the whole thing. The flood waters came about because of the sinfulness of man. But remember, we just read in chapter 6 how the sons of God came and started a hybrid giant race of people on the earth in order to, in my opinion, of following the ideas of of several theologians that the design that they wanted to do was to corrupt mankind just like they wanted to corrupt eve in the garden so that man would follow after the nakash after satan and be servants of his and not yahweh and so what better way to do this was was to mix their own dna with the human population so that they could slowly corrupt mankind because they themselves were fully corrupt and not human too. So this comes about and, and, and it's successful. And more and more people are populating and this is spreading and there's this DNA and this contamination and the hearts of men were becoming completely corrupted and evil continually. 
So God sends the flood to destroy the world. But Noah is found righteous. He's the one man. He is he's found pure before the Lord. And many people always think that's, and rightly so, uh, at least in his heart, pure. But it also suggested, and may be so, that he was pure genetically before the Lord. And his line had not been corrupted at all with his fallen angelic race. So he and his wife, also pure, and his son, his son's wives, hopefully all pure in their, their DNA, are allowed to go in the ark and they survive. They're on the ark how long? As I used to think when I was in Sunday school, well, it was a 40-day reign and then they put down the gangplank after 40 days and they all came off. And it wasn't until I got saved as an adult that I went, wait a minute, they were on a year. Over a, over a year they were on the ark. And it, was, it took a while, a while for the earth to dry up. And then the big question that comes up, if you stop and think about it, is where'd all the water go? And this is where Answers in Genesis is so, so very helpful if you want to read that. Because if the earth is completely covered with water, well, how does it dry up? Where does it all go? And you find out from very competent scientists that are Christians, and using the Genesis account, when that water, when the surface of the earth broke and water shot up from within the earth, and that was probably the majority of the water, there were oceans underneath the surface, and they shot up into the sky and then turned around, came down as rain, and all that water and that weight coming down upon the earth then, and the cavity that was below the earth from the water coming up out of the earth caused the earth to sink, and this is what forms the oceans. And there's good evidence of this because even today, they just found out in the last 15 years or so that there is more water under the surface of the earth than the oceans on the surface. Even today, it's in all the fissures. It's between all of the empty spaces and all of the certain uh, layers of the earth. These are secular scientists that are saying this. Pretty interesting. So if the earth then sinks down, it creates these large depressions. Now you have a place for all this water to go. And there, it takes a while, so Noah has to wait. And, of course, the first thing that happens is, is, is the ark rests upon a higher section of one of the mountains that becomes exposed, and it rests there. Fascinating stuff. What happens after they land and the whole thing about Noah and his sons and growing a vineyard uh, and becoming drunk is a hot topic of theological debate, but it seems because of the sin of the watchers and the way they came down with the sons of men and created this hybrid race that there was a um there was a lot of extreme immorality and nothing that was meant to be sacred was held as sacred and they corrupted everything and it was likely that Canaan who came who was then his grandson then violated Noah and Noah woke up from being drunk and knew about it and of course it would kind of fit and the whole narrative of the enemy trying to do whatever he could to, to corrupt the seed coming that would have the line of the Messiah and beginning with the, a new earth where everything's supposed to be perfect again, uh, the enemy comes and attempts Canaan into immorality. And it's an interesting study in that. And again, with somehow always getting back to trying to corrupt and disrupt the line of the Messiah. All right, moving on now. It says in Matthew 3, Now in those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea, saying, Repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. 
For this is the one referred to by Isaiah the prophet when he said, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Make ready the way of the Lord. Make his paths straight. Now John himself had a garment of camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Then Jerusalem was going out to him, and all Judea and all the district around the Jordan, and they were being baptized by him in the Jordan River as they confessed their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and the Sadducees coming for baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers who warned you to flee from the wrath to come. Therefore, bear fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not suppose that you can say to yourselves, We have Abraham our father. For I say to you that from these stones God is able to raise up children to Abraham. The axe is already laid at the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. As for me, I baptize you with water for repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, and I am not fit to remove his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clear his threshing floor and he will gather his wheat into the barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Then Jesus arrived from Galilee at the Jordan, coming to John to be baptized by him. But John tried to prevent him, saying, I have need to be baptized by you. Do you come to me? But Jesus answering said to him, Permit it at this time, for in this way it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he permitted him. After being baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending as a dove and lighting on him. And behold, a voice out of the heavens said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. I love the fact you have the imagery of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit in the baptism of Jesus. He, by all obedience to the Father, goes to be baptized and what was the baptism all about? It was about being set apart. When you were baptized, the idea is you're dying to yourself and you're now living for God 100%. And you are, you are acknowledging that you're, you're laying down your flesh and it's dying. And you're being raised up to a new life completely, a spiritual life completely following after God. Now, Jesus didn't need this. He was perfect. We know that. But he said, permit it, John. Just go ahead and baptize me. I know what you're saying. He, obviously, John knew how, what a sinful man he was compared to Jesus. But he says, let it be done to fulfill all, righteous, all righteousness. Everything that is right, they, they, he, the people needed to see, the people needed to hear this. This was phenomenal what's happening here on the earth because you have the Trinity. You have Jesus coming out of the water, the, the sign of the Holy Spirit coming down upon him, and the voice of God. So you have all three together, and God is saying, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased with the Holy Spirit there resting upon him in the form of a dove. And now the people around and John, the last prophet, can now verify this is the coming of the Messiah without any doubt. This is the anointed one, and he's not only the Messiah ben David coming from David as a conquering king or Messiah ben Joseph as as the the future reigning king overall he is the messiah ben yahweh he is divine he's coming directly from heaven this was much bigger than what they had interpreted as the jews and so it was important that he do this so that they could see this
So now we'll move over to Charles Spurgeon. The land whereupon thou liest, to thee I will give it, Genesis 28, 13. No promise is a private interpretation. It belongs not to one saint, but to all believers. If, my brother, thou canst in faith lie down upon the promise and take thy rest thereon, it is thine. Were Jacob lighted and tarried and rested, there he took possession, stretching his weary length upon the ground. With the stones of that place for his pillows, he little fancied that he was thus entering into ownership of that land, and yet so it was. He saw in his dream that wondrous ladder, which for all true believers unites earth and heaven. And surely where the foot of the ladder stood, he must have a right to the soil. For otherwise he could not reach the divine stairway. All the promises of God are yea and amen in Christ Jesus. And as he is ours, every promise is ours, if we will but lie down upon it and rest for faith. Come, weary one, use thy Lord's words as thy pillows. Lie down in peace. Dream only of him. Jesus is thy ladder of light. See the angels coming and going upon him between thy soul and thy God, and be sure that the promise is thine own God-given portion and that it will not be robbery for thee to take it to thyself, as spoken specially to thee. So we are going to finish here, and we're going to pray. Make sure everybody knows about the podcast so we can get them on board on the first week so you don't feel like you get left behind. And let's go ahead and and praise him and thank him for today. So, Father, we thank you for your, your love for us, your guidance, your presence. We now, God, ask that you would guide us as we go into this new year once again, knowing, God, that we have much, much to be thankful for. And we recognize that the days are getting darker, but your love is getting stronger. Continue to love people through us and help us reach out to them and bring healing, God, to those who need it. We we thank you for Madi Molina, who is now out of surgery or trying to get rid of her cancer, God. We pray that they got it all and that she's going to be able to completely be healed up. Thank you for those that you are healing of cancer and have healed of cancer. So many wondrous stories as you continue to do your healing. All those that are looking for, for that. And thank you for what you're doing in the Castor Lines family. May you continue to bless Kim and the, and the kids and just keep them, God, um, right in the palm of your hand. Give them the guidance and direction each and every day as they're away from Dean, as she has blessed Dean, as he's working night and day, God. Now, may you just increase his ability to do his work sevenfold and may he gain the um not only the finances he needs but also god the um uh the support of the company he's working for and he'll be a blessing to that company make him be a blessing to them so that they'd be very appreciative of his talents so bless that thank you for here in knockville what you're doing through the calvary chapel and uh mark and tracy and the whole staff through you including my daughter abby Thank you for all you're doing through this church. Continue to bless them and for this house, lovely house. We get to to stay in here. May you bless this house, God. May it be a place of peace. And now for the wedding on Friday, God, ask you to bless it abundantly. And that Clark and Abby would just have a wonderful, wonderful time. That it would just be a, a service that would glorify you in all things. And that their whole marriage would be a, uh, a marriage to glorify your name and be a strong testimony for you. So thank you, Father, for this day. In Jesus' name, amen. There we go, guys. That will do it for today. So thank you. And we will pick this up tomorrow. Bye-bye.